practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. <laughs> There's a scoff at that clap? No, I'm scoffing at like the, uh, 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 uh it a lag the ginger wagon. nature? Lag wagon clap. I'm, I needed. I didn't need substance. I needed clarity. Oh yeah, it's not flash. Quantity, not quality. Wait, what? How does it go? Does anybody actually say quantity over quality? Does somebody, anybody prefer <laughs> that? I feel uh, like most people do. Because uh, so somebody told me he was kind of being a snob. He was a yogi, and he, he saw me doing something the the usual way I do um, menial labor, uh, half assed. Yeah. Right. And because it, it's that's so again, what it it's is. quantity over quality. Yes, because it's like so. But he was like, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And now that son of a bitch, he's it's like thinner because now it's in my head every time. Like, like, yeah, uh, instead of cutting this apple with a knife and being a human being, I'm going to throw it against the wall and open it that <laughs> way and eat it. Off. I'm like, oh, my God, I am a, an, a chimp. I am an animal. You just you know ape science. You're an ape science guy. <laughs> the way you do it, the, the way you do sharp rock in the kitchen. Yeah, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Oh my god! Uh, let me put this out there because I was late on it, and I don't even think I, I put a post out there. Check out the blog for episode sixty four A and B. I didn't even mm-hmm. promo it, hen. But uh, you gotta. With I found some cruster that because there was this Casey was talking about guys he knows that makes knives. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, this might be 65. Anyway, there's new blogs up, but I found the What's Up Cheeser, a guy that makes knives out of Riverstones, and I think his name is probably Riverstone. Just this <laughs> oh, crusty God. hippie with beads in his hair, squatting, like, squatting too, in, with too much squat in too short of shorts. That guy <laughs> that has the uh, the strap sandals that I, I'm 1,000% against. Oh, those like Greek braided sandals? Yes. That make- oh. Yes. No, not no. Where you lace them up like a Spartan Roman no, centurion. Not the Athenians. <laughs> not the Athenian strangers that we read about in Plato's The Statesman. But um I uh, uh Just Birkenstocks. No? Yeah, yeah. Basically I'm gotta look down at Henning's feet, he's wearing flips. He's wearing traditional flips. I'm all for a good flip Not flop. Flips. But the the ones the are oh, that have like the leathers that have the like belt, the little they're like belts this for your feet. Very yeah. thick sole, but the two strap that looks like a be- two belt buckles. Yes, mm-hmm. I often hate worn them. with wool socks. Hate Never bare. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's in the river it's, with them wading through, which you're not supposed to do. Don't don't river my Burks. No. <laughs> That's a shirt. That's a shirt available. That's right next to the World Peas. W H I R L E D P E A S. World oh. Peas, man. When I was in th- those, those, those logos are all available at. Uh, I got to tell you, no city beats yeah. a shirt stand than Washington D.C. Hands shirt down. Shirt stand capital, along with the capital. It's the capital as well as shirt stand capital, and um. Uh, because we were there, and when we, when we were there, when we were like, God, I'm I'm a little, a, little, a, little, a little rambly as usual. When we were there, when I was like 14, we hit some shirt stands and we all bought like pot themed shirts. Oh, and we, gotcha. And the one I picked was UPS United Pot Smokers. 
Oh god! And it sh- it was perfect for a United pot smoker. By the way, a kid who'd never smoked pot before in his life. Just I remember wearing it specifically because my brother Travis was home for college to watch me or to watch the house while my parents were gone. And like a seductive, like you're trying to seduce me, Doctor Toilet. <laughs> like I walked out, like because I wanted to be pro- not provocative is not the right word. Like uh, cool, cool is the word. But like you want to do a yeah, you appeal to your collegiate aged brother. Like he's probably tooting jays in college. Yeah, I wanted to be shocking. There's a better word for shocking, like shock comedy or whatever. So I came out, but like it was like time for bed. So I changed into like a bed <laughs> shirt. You know, it's so weird. <laughs> and the reason I know it's so weird is because that night is stuck in my head only for that reason. You know why things get stuck in your head like that? Because they're the weirdest things ever. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Because your intentions are bizarre. Your hope for reaction is bizarre. Anyways, United Pot Smokers, smokers, which I didn't find out until like I wore it to school and they were like, you cannot wear that here. And by the way, smokers is spelled wrong. And it was, it was (laughs) S-O-M-O-K-E-R-S, Somakers. (laughs) Somakers. That's how you get away with it, that spelling error. It's oh, part God. of the joke. It's a, that's a pretty good joke. Oh, you think that's the inside? So, oh, oh, my God. God. Somebody's tooting Jays on the assembly line in Bangladesh. Oh, so you, I, you meant to get a, a reaction off your brother, but you didn't know what the shirt was? No, I knew what the shirt was, but I meant to get, and I meant to get a reaction off of him. Think, you know, it's like thinking... Like, a practical joke is going to be the funniest thing ever, but they get angry, you know? And I don't recall him getting angry other than he was just, like, the same reaction I would have given in reverse. Like, sure. Like, is that pot on your shirt? Yeah. Are you trying to seduce me with that ill-fitting, extra-large, extremely scratchy-looking, misspelled (laughs) shirt stand shirt? It was one of the awful shirts, too. A short-sleeved. But it was, you guys will know this right off the bat. Maybe not Henning, because you're a quality over quantity guy. Mm. But uh, it was one of the shirts with uh, a short sleeve shirt, but the the sleeves were a little too long, so they were past the elbows. But the (laughs) length of the torso was a little too short. So it was almost like the (laughs) sleeves matched the torso. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a sleeved short poncho. (laughs) It's it's like a wizard (laughs) sleeve. God. Yeah. Oh my God. I I do. Oh, I remember that so specifically. Oh, that's the that's great. How did I get on that? World peas, cutting rocks. I don't. I don't remember. I guess so I've been dude- thinking about because uh, uh, we're packing up stuff to move. Like I told you guys. Yeah. And I realize I'm being very very good about purging and getting rid of shit. Yeah. But I realize Was that your mannequin bottom that you posted on dude. on Facebook. That picture of all that junk that was just like two mannequin legs and like a glittery cape. I was like, I think Hans is cleaning his apartment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I found, I don't know what you call them, so I hope this isn't spicy, but I found Jewish sideburns that we used for a sketch. Like we paid money (laughs) to have fake sideburns. Oh, yeah. The Hasidic curls. Yeah, the curls. Yeah. Uh, And they were available at like, what's that costume store on 8th Avenue or something? Uh, Halloween Adventure or something, yeah, something like that, because it's connected to the like BDSM leather shop that's like leather vamps or some shit. It's awful, but it's like the whole the store. You can go from one side of the block to the other, and yeah. I gave them a, we've given that we gave them a lot oh, of yeah. money in our day. They saw us coming like uh, 
They were just, they yeah. had uh, dollar signs in their eyes when they saw sad Midwestern sketch just comics come through the door. Bulging pockets <laughs> full of change and singles waiting to be spent on fake warts and makeup. Gentlemen, you need some long pinky nails. These are on sale. Oh, speaking of shysty salesmen, I got I got a treat for everyone soon enough. And it, and it, and it fits the move that we're talking about. Um, you, you trying to sell Henning something? Jumping topics I, so quickly. I, I, did you tell, by the way, before we move on, did you tell the, you told me and Casey, but did you tell the audience that you're moving? Spoilers. You just, okay. Henning, <laughs> Tarantino-ing it. <laughs> Although I'll never Tarantino a thing again, because he doesn't, he needs time to think about Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> That's the trademark. How come nobody's come up with Weinstein? <laughs> Because it's oh, too tragic Scarvey, of a situation. Scarvy Weinstein. Do, don't you guys... I don't want to jump topics. Spoilers. Uh, my wife and I are moving out of New York City, which is crazy, uh, very, very soon, which is also crazy. So, uh, I, oh, and I, I like that you brought this up because this brings me right back to my concept of moving and purging. Um, because the next thing out of my mouth was about to tell our listening audience... Have no fear, you know, the pod shall go on. Like they fucking, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what, uh, you uh, can hear the gasp. <gasps> yeah. The, the pod will not be affected. You know, JP cannot be, it, it, J, name something that can't be killed. Is we are in, uh, we are in October. What, like Dracula? Jason. Jason. The Jason yes. The podcast. Jason, the podcast. So, but like, again, that's back. all ego. And that's what I think about with the move. When I'm having trouble getting rid of stuff, you know, the things that are hard to get rid of are mm-hmm. nostalgia things. And you know what oh nostalgia God, yes. is? Ego. Hmm. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's a theory. Like when I go through jerk practice stuff, like oh. my notes, I'm like, but whenst I'm no longer oh, shit, here yeah. and they want to see my notes from the famed podcast that they've rediscovered and. 2000 you know i hate to be admitting this and it doesn't go Mm -hmm. that far in depth but when i analyze it after the fact i go somewhere in my brain those lightning bolts hitting different synapses were uh somewhere there's going like but you must keep that superman cape for that sketch must be remembered you know and it's like that's insanity that being said i also have a sickness remember it i do but I lived it. That, that, that's all I should need, right? Because that's if it makes you feel good, then you can keep it. But I understand what you're saying also about, uh, you know, this this is going in the JP Museum someday. Henning, I have two full length blue bodysuits that are gently packed away with all my things. I can't uh, get rid of this things. Old man, River? before we before we left New York, I had had three bags of costume stuff Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even good like i was the same as you had a sickness i was like i can't get rid of this bag of gnarly soiled wigs so gnarly everything (laughs) we may need them because it was just a bag of wigs and old makeup but i kept them forever and like old extra large dresses yes i know the dresses you had because i was like where are those dresses uh the only thing i did keep was the homemade jeans Nice. Because I did, I did make those jeans from scratch. Of course. And I had to, I forget. <laughs> they're going some... in my garage. Exactly. I want to get keep... a garage. Uh, yeah, there's, oh, I had to keep my mask gear. 
or the masks oh, yeah. gear. Uh. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> That's worth keeping, though. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff. But you know what? I uh, Where I was getting to it, the sick part of my brain, when we moved, when I made one of the moves in New York, I used to have all of our paper copies of sketches mm-hmm. in a filing cabinet, each version with each note made from each version as to why we yeah. ended up with the final version. So we could have reverse engineered how we ended up to uh the last version mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i regret not having that anymore because i got rid of it you know what i mean i yeah yeah i did the same thing too i had to clean out my filing cabinet to put actual important documents in it like right. my daughter's birth certificate and sure. my wife's stuff so I threw away uh, all 30 copies of Moonbase in Outer Space. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I felt bad because it had like your handwritten notes and notes from Henning and stuff from me and then just random dumb shit that was written on them at like one of our 50 practices when we rehearsed the sketch over and over. You know what? Uh, yes, exactly. I just had to do it. I put it all in a bag and I, and, and I was like, if I don't take this out of the house now, I will keep it for another 30 years. <laughs> yes. And it, it pained me to do it, but I just tied the bag, ran to. downstairs, and threw it in, on a pile of garbage and went, <sighs> But nary did we know. There's a hobo sketch troupe now that's doing old JP stuff. <laughs> There's that. But I didn't know. Obviously, you never know what you're going to end up with. I didn't know we'd have a podcast where what a treasure trove that would have been. Right? But at the end of the day, that again is ego because it's like, some I, I think like because what as soon my I think I felt my glands sal- yeah. salivate when you said it had all our writing on it because I was like what a f- what a fancy piece of art that would be I'm insane <laughs> I'm insane <laughs> I'm, fancy I'm, piece of art so it's like so like yeah having to let things go and then and then when I'm nostalgic about and then there's other other aspects like I have I siphoned through after i graduated school like officially graduated school i went through all because i was meticulous in school i was very organized and i went through and like kept like oh god i don't i know it just needs to just like you said i know it all needs to just go in a bag and go away because i have like like a stack of stuff that's creative writing and concept ideas from like journal notebooks but i and again this is like i hate to be admitting this but I have like an entire bag sealed in all those mail envelopes you steal from the post office of like tests I did good on. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. Like you don't because that's an, that's something uh, Edmund Kemper would do. But it's like, <laughs> uh, uh, and I know I got to get rid of it, but it's yet it's still in the house, and I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. And uh, uh, you know, I I talk about nostalgia that I guess everybody wants me to stop talking about now. I am still sweating. My fingertips are sweating right now. Thinking about, uh, the Nintendo Wii I have behind my back right now, like getting rid of a gaming system is so antithetical to everything as a poor white trash nerd I've ever believed in, Mm. but it needs to go. I haven't played that Nintendo Wii in six years and it's a Mm -hmm. wiener system. I got the bad system. I got the you st- I got the you Manhunt Two. I have Tiger Woods Golf. Oh, Manhunt Two! Oh. See, I have Manhunt Two. Send now I can't get rid me. of it. I still have my Wii, and All I right. never got to play it. 
Wait. Anyways, that's way nerdy. <laughs> no, you're right. Now I get to put a clip of Manhunt on the blog. Have you ever played Manhunt, Henning? Uh-uh. I'm really hijacked this podcast. But uh, yeah, so anyways, I'm moving. It's hard. It's going to be hard to say goodbye to the city, hard to say goodbye to. Really, it's it's also, you can see where your life has gone because uh, the city and Henning, that's it. I got nothing else. I got nothing else rolling here. I'm like Jack Kerouac. And I got oh, old yeah. Neil Cassidy over here. That's what I got. Mm-hmm. Or wait, was Neil Cassidy the the Looney Tune? Yes. Yeah, that's Henning. (laughs) All right. That's Henning, all right, to a T. Really, Henning? Come on, man. Do I got to pull out one of my good tests and and quiz you? (laughs) (laughs) On on the road? (laughs) Um, But he was a Looney Tune? Oh, he was just a a whack job, yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody, no... No nerdier person could use a nerdier descriptor for. Oh yeah, no, he was just Jack. Beatnik. He was just Kerouac's like off kilter. Like I'll do anything. Like hobo tramp friend, crazy friend. Okay, like uh, like Andy Kaufman's Zamuda. Ooh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, down for anything. Yes, pretty much. Oh my god, yeah, Bob Zamuda. I think I posted a video of Bob Zamuda making a knife out of a rock. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's awesome, but you can see the... ah, I was just going to get negative. You you could see the downtick once our friend Andy left. You know what I mean? Like, I think he made DC Cab a week later, you know? But like... (laughs) Zamuda? That, oh my God! That, that was, was Zamuda. A, that was that, that was, was the reason Zamuda got fired. He talks about them, like, r- like physically taking his parking space, like stopping his car from pulling <laughs> and going. No, 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 no. You're, here's your stuff from your office. Yeah. you did DC cab. Zamuda, yeah, his his fingernail marks are still on the asphalt around that parking spot. But uh, it, it, when you say something out loud, I realize it's not like that. Once Andy Kaufman left, Bob Zamuda um, re-embodied like a bad comedian that he was. That's not true at all. Like I, Bob Zamuda is very funny no. and like creative and everything. I think it's probably just because his best friend died. He made you know he made something very awful. Right? It has to color your well. And uh, if you think about like the you know he and Andy Kaufman became a team, right? Because Andy Kaufman had that, whatever, that spark, that light, that, like, he was able to do all that weird avant-garde stuff and not break and just hard sell it. Sure. So Zamuda is not any less intelligent than Andy Kaufman. It's just, like, he's coming up with all of these crazy, strange concepts for the character that they created of Andy Kaufman. Right. So once Andy Kaufman goes away... He can't take those ideas and then put him on himself mm-hmm. because no one wants to watch Bob Zamuda. No one's going to sit and listen to Bob Zamuda read, you know, like Grapes of Wrath. Sure, sure. Instead yeah. of giving a speech or, you know, like watch him wrestle women. They're going to be like, you pig, go to jail. Do you, <laughs> do you think Andy Kaufman would have been in DC Cab? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. What part would he have played inside? But you watched it. We all you watched see? it. Busey's part? I guess. I, that was my first instinct too, Henning. That's what I thought. Of, of the characters in that movie, 
he would be a less racist, funnier Busey. What about Bill Maher's character? <laughs> There's not enough there. Bill Maher didn't do anything. Yeah. He just stayed in the garage and, and stayed behind a keyboard for some reason, like a piano. <laughs> and <laughs> like then he had that <laughs> stylish hat. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, or uh, alternate universe, you know, if Andy Kaufman still lives, DC Cab never exists. No, they just make an Andy Kaufman movie. Right. Maybe it's still DC Cab. Maybe he's he's the fucking uh, the vet that runs DC Cab. Yeah, maybe. But I don't he think takes he would have made a dramatic turn. I think to put Andy Kaufman in another cab vehicle is a bit on the nose. That's what the America wanted. It was a simpler time. It was, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Speaking of simpler times, uh, Scarvy Scarvy Weinstein. Uh, yeah, Scarvy. Pervy Weinstein. Mm-hmm. I bet there's a lot of let's let's go on Pervy Ween. Do we? What are we gonna do? <laughs> What's we got Raspberry for Trump? What are we gonna do for Pervy Ween? Give Use us a, a toot. A- give us a flute toot, Henning. <laughs> We need a little uh, little clip of a famous Ween song. It's Ween. It's there. Oh, oh. just an ineffectual like sigh. Like, uh, ooh, spicy, Henning. Is that a Greek <laughs> sigh? It's Harvey Weinstein Greek. <laughs> Greek sigh. Uh, yes. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know enough specifics, but what I think, and you guys. Um, Either chastise me or back me up or say I'm totally off the wall. Uh, or I guess just comment on my comment if you will. You're always <laughs> off the wall, man. Oh, yeah. Check out my checkered <laughs> shoes if you want to believe that. Uh, I can see your United Pot Smokers Union shirt. <laughs> but you can't see my elbows. Um, <laughs> what's it called? P- pizza toot. <laughs> uh Harvey Wein. I think a lot of powerful people should be uh, frightened right now because I yes. think a lot of powerful people did uh, act in the same horrific ways as I don't know why I'm tiptoeing around it. The same rapey ways as Harvey Weinstein did for as long or longer, or our new up and comers yeah. are still doing it because. Uh, nerds and like that could because people um are flawed and some people are uh, I don't know uh, uh fucked up in that regard. So when that that already that um uh lack of moral sexual compass exists and you get all this power over all these people, like I think uh it shouldn't be inevitable, but I think in a lot of instances it's happened. So I think there's a lot of like. Louis B. Mayer's out there, uh, old-timey reference, because it's been happening forever in Hollywood, let alone, and we know it's been happening forever in politics and shit. So I think now that people like fucking Angelina Jolie, which is, by the way, I hate to say it, a big reason why this is like such a huge story, as it should be, but unfortunately why other stories like this haven't had as much exposure is because it's celebrities, so people, you know, want to talk celebrities or even it's even a further removed from the celebrity. It's the gatekeeper. Right. Yeah. Like celebrities rise and fall at the whim of the public a lot. But now sure. it's the person that celebrities are afraid of. Hmm. Like, that's what it was like. I was like, oh, fuck. Like how little because you think like 
Ah, it's fucking uh, George Clooney. He's famous. He's been famous forever. He must have all this power. Not really. <laughs> like, right. if Harvey Weinstein and the guy, uh, Eisner, that runs Disney just go, ah, you know what? We don't like him anymore. That's he it. We have a job. He goes back to selling cars. Right. Exactly. Like, they, there's a whole documentary about Harvey Weinstein destroying somebody, like, for pleasure, like, almost like, uh, Caligulic. Caligula, almost Caligula s style, where it's like it's not about like like vengeance. It's about or it's it's over the top. I'm talking about a documentary. I should it's explain about it. Exerting power, about exerting power Dominance. and totally destroy. It's sociopathic, totally destroying yeah. someone's essence. Like there's a guy who created this movie, Boondock Saints. Thank you, Boondock Saints. Oh, yeah. There's a document, and this guy was I'll like, look it up. Right thanks. Now. This guy was the it guy uh, one, of Hollywood. One like, night to shoot or something? Like oh, you know. All right. All right. So um, it, we should recommend that doc. What do we call it when we recommend something? I forget. Uh, we all forget. Home. Uh, joy work. No. <laughs> Fun work. Joy work. <laughs> it's joy work, but it's like it's not like vindictive. We're not Harvey Weinstein and you on this joy work. It's actually a, a very interesting documentary. I'm not coercive. Oh, it's great. You can see it if you want. It's do it. Oh, oh, meta? Are you meta? Am I uh, being the Weinstein forcing joy work the docu- our listeners? Uh, the documentary is called Overnight, and it's about the direct, the writer-director of Boondock Saints, whose name is Troy Duffy. Okay, yeah. So Harvey Weinstein and buys he's also like script. a crazy dude, too. And yes. they, like they become like best bros. The way yep. like David Miscevich and Tom Cruise like just became yes. best bros yes. and they ride motorcycles together. But what happens then? They bro up, and then all it takes is you know you don't um, anger the king, and Duffy does like speaks up one too many times or something, or they and Harvey Weinstein yeah. says, "Okay, well you're never gonna ever make a movie again." And by the way, your band that I'm like because he gave him everything. He's like he bought this guy's. Um, Childhood dream of a bar he always wanted to own. He said, "Okay, I'll he, yeah, buy no, it for he you." Bought, he bought the bar the dude was working at, like oh, day yes. jobbing. Oh my god! So he became so the boss of his own job, like That's, overnight. Uh, and and his band got a deal, and all this stuff happened, and then, and I, I guess this is spoilers, but then it all goes away. But there's no spoiler there because I can't even describe what I mean by "all goes away." Like it's like you said, Henning, like exerting power to the nth degree you know it's crazy so yes i think getting all like kind of wrapping all the way back to it i think a lot of people should be scared because you're right casey he's one of the gatekeepers so if he can fall anybody can fall what just shows how easy it is right like it's we have seen like oh if everybody turns against this guy like that's it you're done and it, what sucks is like he's never gonna go to jail. Yeah, like, of course. I so. hopefully I hope he does, but he's it's already like out of the sad. country. Yeah, he's in Europe going to therapy, which means watch out, Europeans. <laughs> oh my God, he's on a tear. Like, do you think if you or I got accused of that, we'd we'd ha- we'd have like our uh, passport to get out of the country, let alone the state, the city? Can't leave. He he was covered because they he had a bunch of those deals. He settled out of court. Oh yeah. How many times? Like like ten times? Oh. So he legally had these women who he assaulted 
sign non-disclosure agreements, which I would assume is like, here's some money, keep your mouth shut, and you get to stay in Hollywood. You get to stay working. Like like Rose McGowan, for example, who is like a mid, like she was super like hot and on the rise. Sure. Like she's the main, like she's the eye candy and scream, which is a Harvey Weinstein thing. She didn't ever like go on to win an Oscar, but yeah, she's in working Tarantino, right? She was in um, what was that like double feature he did? Right, uh, she was great in that. Uh, yeah, that the Rodriguez one. She was the gun leg lady. Yeah, yeah. Grindhouse. Oh my god! I, the reason I don't remember is because Casey and I each brought in a a, a human sized bottle of whiskey because Grindhouse was five hours long, so we each brought in a bottle of Jameson. It was a me, liter you and of Mitch. Jameson. Oh my god, me, you, and Mitch, and it was gone before the end of the first movie. So I don't know how many. And there, deep people whiskey. were smoking yeah. pot in oh, the yeah. theater. Yep. There was like three fist fights. It was the best. It was one of my most favorite like movie movie experiences of all time. I don't think because it felt get those like we were anymore. in a grindhouse. It really no. did have that feel in New York. I don't even remember what theater we are at. Case were we at the Sunshine Union Square? Really? See, no, that's we're like, at Union Square. That's a like a corporate complex too, and yet it really yeah. kind of got out of hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, that non-disclosure thing really. I mean, yes, everything about Harvey is disgusting, and the story is gross, but especially the the silencing of yeah. of people with money. How is that legal at all? It's like so literally literal and and blatant. The contract's right there. Like, you can't talk anymore. Here's money. Pretty money. much, yeah. Money. I talks, would imagine. Like, look at how crazy like contracts. Like, even like your cell phone contract. Like, it's just so litigated to death. It's right. like a fucking labyrinth. Yeah, you're saying, but that's especially in that in, instance, you're saying that's probably in all of our contracts without us knowing. And I sign. Like, I sign plenty too about. Every time I work for a client, you know, don't badmouth whatever right. commercial I'm doing right now. Right, right. Right. You can get like they're so um, I worked with a guy for a while who uh, was an actor, but he did a lot of voice oh, voice work. Mm-hmm. And he did he did a bunch of stuff for uh, Rockstar Games. Sure. So he was talking about he always got the call when they were doing something new and they are like notoriously litigious with contracts and stuff so he was there auditioning recording some preliminary stuff he was there with a young guy the guy tweeted that he he at tweeted rockstar games like great sesh today at the head office immediately gone fired like he was in breach of contract just by saying he was involved and saying thank you wow well non-disclosure about not spoiling something I guess I get that, uh, you know, keeping intellectual property secret until it's time, until the movie's out or the game's out or whatever. But, but it's the same. It's just a tweak of the verbiage, I'd imagine, for you to like, well, Henning, you want to keep working? No, this is I'll give silencing. you money. This is you can't talk about anything illegal we're doing. Yeah. Or, if you agree to you, sign that contract. Yeah. The money is uh, it's a lot of money. That doesn't mean it's right, and that means you have Henning. Non, you just disclosure. I think we're using it the same way, but it's got to be slightly different. Non like non bad mouthing. 
No, it's like, I, maybe it's the wrong term, but it's like she can't speak about, you know, that they set basically they settled out of court. Yeah. Whatever their dispute was, doesn't matter what the crime. I mean, it's not yeah. murder, but she signed a contract with Harvey Weinstein that it is resolved. Whatever happened is resolved, and she yeah. cannot speak about any conversation she had with him or anything about this instance. She is has since come out more. Yeah. And she can talk about other people, which is why like she <laughs> at tweeted Ben F like like you're a fucking lying pig. You knew this happened, like don't pretend. Oh, Ben Affleck is uh, compl- complicit. Uh, yeah, Ashley showed or me potentially. So he, I mean, Matt, he Matt Damon got roped into. He, he Ooh, got dinged too. Got the dame. because uh, he he and Russell Crowe, I guess, actively talked to a New York Times reporter a few years ago. Not not a few, maybe ten years ago, who was going to write a story about Harvey Weinstein's abuse. Yeah. And then got the phone call from, like, the hottest celebrities at the time to talk about it. And I guess the piece sort of evaporated or changed in what it was supposed to be. Well, I think I heard about that. I think the piece changed because basically the New York Times' lawyer said, what what story is this? They said, oh, we're going to out Harvey Weinstein. He said, oh, you absolutely not. Like, he will own this paper, yeah. essentially. Like, the, that's how powerful at the time people felt he was because they didn't. He's like, you guys just don't have enough to go. Oh, and it's also him. interesting because, like, Harvey Weinstein's a liberal and he's rich. He lives in New York. He gives a lot of money to oh, the Democrats, yeah. to the New York Times, which is very dependent on the ad revenue for independent movies and movies in general. Sure. Uh, I didn't even think of that. But I did think about the, so the the DA in if New it was, York. If it was Rush Limbaugh, they would have totally they would have ran with the story. Didn't give a shit who called. That's a good point. Yeah, fucking all this money. The DA or whoever the prosecuting attorney was. They these case this case was brought to his desk, and he did not choose to go forward with like the, he had apparently. And it, I'm sure it will be disclosed. But essentially, as much as we know now, he basically knew. And didn't choose to pursue charges. And then it's yeah. also known that Harvey Weinstein has given uh, over a million dollars to his campaign. So, or campaigns oh, yeah. or whatever. So it's like, no, like there is a correlation there. You're full of yeah. shit if you say there's not. You need to lose yeah. your job too. You know, like that guy woke up and he, I don't, he either has resigned or something now or is about to, or maybe he'll fight it. But you know, that guy woke up and went, oh, fuck, fuck. Yeah, I knew I did a bad but, thing. You know, like thirty years of just like, eh, I mean, it's bad, but I mean, he makes it good. He gives them money. Right. Like, too, there's too many excuses. Like, people have made too many excuses because he was on their side. He's on their team. He's cool. He works in Hollywood. Yeah. He knows celebrities. He seems like a pretty good guy. Like, even like that story we were talking about the documentary overnight. Like, he's like. Uses his money. He buys restaurants with people he likes. He buys bars with people he likes. Like, he seemingly seems like a pretty cool dude. Like, if we got on his good side, he'd be like, what's your passion, dudes? Oh, cool. You like doing this? I'll buy this with you. He, like a mob boss, uses it as leverage over you. I was going to say, yeah. In classic, like, Mm -hmm. mafioso 
wait, like, oh, no, but this is half mine. You're beholden. So Kevin Smith came out immediately and said he was ashamed. Uh, His, his, I don't, he's probably responded on his podcast multiple times, but his first response in a tweet came almost immediately that he was ashamed to say that Harvey Weinstein um, financed his movies because while he was profiting, obviously it's now come out that other people were suffering. It's a fair response. And he no longer works with them. So really he's not affected. So then you have to, I'm just switching. I'm playing a little devil's advocate here, which is a touchy subject to play on. Cause then you have to think about somebody like Tarantino who yes. worked much more closely with Harvey, like Harvey Weinstein. It's, it's undoubtable that he made Kevin Smith's career. Um, whereas I think Quentin Tarantino kind of made his own career in a different way. Like he's a little more responsible for his success. That, that might be, um, that might be people might not like me saying that, but I think so because he came out with Reservoir Dogs and produced it and put it out himself. Miramax only he only joined with Miramax for Pulp Fiction, and I, yeah, no, I agree. I think Kevin Smith is more of the he was more of the team guy. Yeah, yeah, right. He was like he like he became famous around the time of Quentin Tarantino, but Tarantino kind of just did his thing. He made his movies. They happened sure. to be with Merrimax, but he stayed forward thinking. Whereas Kevin Smith, because he's younger, was just like, I'm so excited to like be here. Yeah, and this there's... guy seems cool. He's given me a chance. People are being shitty to him. He's been good to me. You know, like, which makes me feel bad for Kevin Smith is that he feels like he's beholden to Harvey Weinstein. Right, which exactly. to some degree, I mean, you are like someone discovers you and gives you a shot. Yeah, sure. So but he was that guy for so long, like the Miramax guy that would go out and do press and like defend independent movies and defend exactly. Miramax and defend the Weinstein's. So now, as Quentin Weinstein Tarantino, was, though, Weinstein's pretty much a, a character on his podcast too. He has his absolutely cute Harvey voice. Uh, oh yeah oh god i want to go two places with this one quentin tarantino is as big as miramax right and he's still he's bigger in he's still contracted with them he makes movies with them he's probably their biggest filmmaker correct is miramax i think miramax is that even a company still i think that's owned by disney Oh, all right, all right. So Wein- I guess the Weinstein some- Company exists. Okay, so with Disney I'm- bought Miramax. All right, and then the Weinstein's left. Okay, so I'm because they were here. getting micromanaged by Disney, but they do have the Weinstein Company, which still puts out the movies Miramax would have put out, even indie stuff like Silver Linings Playbook and all that shit. So yeah. I guess my feeling is. Because Kevin Smith is like, uh, I don't say idols, but I, 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 I like his work and I like him as a person so much. But I'm also like kind of 100%. Now, how can you be? I'm going to say I'm 99% sure that Kevin Smith probably legitimately didn't know about this stuff going on. Kind of because, or he knew about it in the fringy way where it's like Harvey Weinstein's like that creepy guy at the party that's like, yeah, I don't want to sit on the couch next well, to think, Harvey. Think about Harvey Weinstein as a person. Yeah. Like, I feel like Kevin Smith is a lot like us. If right. we were in that scenario, super stoked to be there, super stoked to be invited to the table, 
Harvey Weinstein isn't going to like to hang out with us. That's what I'm saying. I don't he think likes, he got the he invite. He likes to make money off of our backs. Right. He's still going to go catting around with like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And Quentin even Tarantino? Though they're lo- I think Tarantino's too much of like a nerd. Are you saying Tarantino? That That's my, that. why am I going after Tarantino? He didn't do anything. But I, I just feel like, because there's just, I guess I went down a rabbit hole and I saw them, like how much they hung out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it's not I, for me I, to say. I mean, I could be way wrong, but like Tarantino strikes me as kind of like a antisocial. Like, I don't think he enjoys parties much. I, like just from like Edgar Wright lived in his garage. Don't and like they would hang out and have movie parties and just watch weird old movies or edit two movies together, but use all of the old previews that came out. And then they would like compare notes on their double features and they're like the previews they showed and if it was accurate like that doesn't strike me as a guy who's going out doing rails of coke he may have every now and again so yeah i guess that's where i'm at like i remember hearing he was on uh or i don't even know if it was a podcast for for whatever reason he and johnny knoxville were working on a movie together and they talked about like losing four days in new orleans uh because they were doing absinthe and uh like uh it wasn't cocaine it was something else like i think it was legitimately like crack cocaine or something <laughs> but uh i mean everybody has like you're right i think you're right because i've heard kevin smith talk about tarantino and they would come over and make like they each have like a cool little theater and or tarantino yeah. owns those theaters in hollywood they seem like peas in a pod like they're yeah, film, the yeah. film nerds whereas weinstein i wonder if he actually likes the films that he puts out or cares about. I don't think he gives a fuck. Yeah. Power. Honestly. Power. Wants and to money. Make money. He's a mob boss. Like, that's so how I see him. He couldn't hang out on that level. Yeah. Anyway. He wouldn't want him there. I think they would want Tarantino just because he is cool. Still is yeah. cool, but at that time in the 90s, he was the guy. He was fucking Fellini. He was the filmmaker of the time. Sure. So like, Let's get him out. Because he's going to get more chicks here for us. Right, Tarantino. Uh, I think he, uh, I, I'd have to, uh, I hope I'm not misquoting her, but uh, my wife waited on him once and he did a thing where uh, he was, uh, she was walking by and he pointed at his drink with like his ring finger and went, uh, hey, can I get another one of these uh, groovy cocktails? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds, sounds like, like- Tarantino. Yeah, it sounds like In a character from his movie. <laughs> Which is great. That's I mean, he you're supposed to write what you know, right? That's why he's so good at dialogue. But anybody other than Quint Tarantino, they would get somebody would spit in their cocktail. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. This guy yeah. said groovy. I'm gonna <laughs> fart on his ice twi- cubes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we went down a, a wiener hole there. But yeah. uh fuck that guy. Like that guy, and I and I agree. and I will agree. Like I don't know, I felt, it sounded like I was attacking people on the fringe because they knew, but it's exactly what we talked about. It's just like so for so many reasons, other people didn't come out because this guy had so much leverage and held so much leverage over people that that people lived in fear for their careers around him. And I don't think I think it's too cynical. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Uh, sorry. Uh, bad dad joke. They're coming to get me. Um. <laughs> I don't think it, and I, I don't want to be too cynical because I don't think anybody was like, I think people like, like legitimately loved their craft and knew he could take it away. And it's not like people were afraid they were going to lose their yeah. house. I think they were literally like, I, if I go against it, it's almost like the, it's almost like, um, 
the blacklisting communism thing, like they they could yeah. literally it's make sure close, I never I get to uh, practice my art again. So well, and it's like Ashley had showed me there was a, a clip of Emma Thompson, you know, Oscar winning actress, super talented. She was like, uh, any anyone that tells you they didn't hear about this is lying. Like, right. He didn't hit on me, but I knew about it. Right. So you know everybody did. Everybody hears. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that because I'm not in the circle, but it sounds like I've heard that before. So it's like it's a, but I don't I legitimately don't think other than the, those inner circles, because unfortunately, the way society works and victims don't come out because they feel shame and fear and worried about like being stigmatized. But other than like small circles, like I don't think they knew the extent like he's a fucking Bill Cosby style rapist. I think people knew oh, yeah. they're like. Fucking Harvey is a scumbag. He like tries to touch women and mm-hmm. like he's like he p- pulls those like bullshit like casting couch calls, which are is not yeah. acceptable. But I think yeah. that was more the rumors that were going around. Not like that. He's a legitimate like Bundy. No, he took advantage. And I think a lot of it movie Bundy. probably movie yeah, movie Bundy like the culture. Like I'm sure there is just like. It's it's gross to say, but going back to like that Louis B. Mayer, like that's what you got to do. You want to be in a movie? You got to right. If he ever calls you in, you got to suck his cock because if you don't, he's gonna get handsy, and then you might actually have to fuck him. So you're like, well, I should maybe, you know, like it's that weird logic of like if you if you want to make it, this is what you got to do. What do they say? It's not who you know; it's who you blow. You got me nervous about say. that Verizon contract. I'm worried somebody's gonna bust down my door and touch my butthole. Demand a blowjob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I get terrible internet service. <laughs> Don't say anything about Verizon. Oh yeah, all right. Blurizon. Um Oh my god, speaking of blowjobs. So and speaking of I guess we should introduce the podcast, huh? Oh yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> cool, cool. You did the clap. You did our dudes. Dude, dude. I'm just I'll kidding. put in uh, Harvey Weinstein right after the clap. Is that a good Harvey? Hey everybody, I'm taking a break here uh, from. Uh, uh, I got nothing, uh, but that's why I'm behind the camera, not in front of it. Hey, hey, go uh, I just bring your boob here. To... Bring a boob here, right? I just we talked about him going to Europe for treatment. I was like, European cat houses beware! Oh my god, because that fat monster's taking out some aggression on some poor sucker. Like or a, he, suckers. He's got a lot of money, right? Yes. Like ungodly amounts. A lot. I don't like. Does he have the type of money where he's in a goddamn abandoned castle right now? Does he have castle money? <laughs> he does, but he doesn't have much after that. Okay. Because like Johnny Depp has castle money. So when I hear about like when he goes to do a movie, he doesn't get like he gets he a castle. A trailer. He just castle. Rents castle rents money. Which are, they're not that expensive, actually, if you, you see all those. <laughs> oh, on, Someone who's got seen... fort money hanging with his forts. <laughs> you should see him when he goes back to Oregon. But you have to commute out to the countryside. That's why no one wants it, and they're not as expensive and, as you might think. I mean, there's a reason people don't live in castles anymore, because they're really cold and they suck. Right. Oh. And the Huns right, aren't coming right. for you. There's not a lot of advantages. He's just d- shitting his money down the castle hole. No more money. Do you think so? There's probably going to be a lot of civil suits, shit, and stuff like that, right? Maybe. I just don't think he's going to work in any capacity in Hollywood. 
He doesn't yeah. have to, right? It's funny that he thinks he does. He is going to come back. Oh yeah, didn't you say like I believe in second chances, right? Yeah. I hope he doesn't come back, but I tend to be pessimistic on things like this. He probably will. Yeah, I know one person who's happy as a pig and shit because he looks like a fucking saint, Mel Gibson. Can we get him back oh, in Hollywood yeah. now that Harvey Weinstein's out? He just had a couple off-color jokes. He just insulted his wife. He didn't. He didn't assault anyone. He's Mel Gibson. National treasure. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I think Mel Gibson hits women. Is that too much of a limb? All right, I'll yeah, take buddy. it back. He's going he's gonna to hit you. <laughs> he would. I know it. I Every time I see him, I say, I can never be in a room with him. He'll like, he's the guy who's facing a different direction when I walk in, and like he gets a chill down his neck, like little bumps, and he turns God. slowly to me. And like I can just see in his eyes, he just says, you. He's going to take you out like he did Busey in Lethal Weapon. Mr. Joshua, he's going to choke you out with his legs on the front yard. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I just think that's a guy. He's the guy who comes in after me in the bathroom and like, I don't know, like tapes the stall shut so I can't get out. <laughs> I don't know what guy that is. I've never heard of that before. New you practical crawl joke. Out under the door. <laughs> Classic Mel Gibson making you crawl out of under the stall door, uh, but only after he puts a thin layer of his own piss on the floor. What happened to you? Classic Gibson. That's the ho- that's the real Hollywood verberation. Hear about Gibson's toilet tricks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people. Uh, yeah, Gibson's got a little. Uh, he's got a little off his shoulders. Uh, OJ's out of jail. Nobody's really. I guess he's more probably upset because he wanted a little more attention, right? OJ's out. He's not in. I think he got paroled. Mm. He's out. Yeah, or in the process of being let out of prison, which I found out by an SNL sketch last night. Not last night. It was the week before. Kumail hosted last night. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ashley showed me his opening monologue. It was very funny. Yeah, Meg said it was funny. Was it just stand up? Right. Yeah, he did stand up. It was good. Yeah, it was good. That's one of those guys that I'm just like, because he was always he's he's just such a good guy. It's just so awesome. Yeah, seeing mm-hmm. him come back to New York because he's not in New York. He's an LA guy. Like he's always yep. in LA. So, but he was in New York when we were like still performing and stuff. Yeah. So Somewhere now seeing. That the next time he comes back to New York, he's on essentially the biggest comedy stage there yeah. is. It's just like such a special, like awesome feeling and just like super happy for him and stuff. No, he's rad, dude. Big Sick was great. I really want to see that. I Meg and I tried to go see it with Han and, and Aaron. Am I saying that right? Uh, 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 but we got fucked up. We got, we got stalled in Brooklyn. I pinned a long time ago talking about Mm -hmm. the nostalgia of moves i have had this book and i've talked about on the pod it's called just jackie i got it when i was a junior in high school so this has moved with me since i've been a junior in high school 20 years nearly dog-eared yeah scratched in yeah scratched in why do i own this because i was why is her mouth hole cut out you'll find out in a moment uh (laughs) Because so anyway, so but this is something that like I'm getting rid of finally don't because I don't do need it. it. Give, no. give it to Henning. Henning, keep it. Put it in the museum. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, but I can't really get rid of it because now I have to um, 
what do you call it? Uh, preserve it Keep- in the podcast Amber. That is the Jerk Practice podcast. Oh, okay. You're talking Be- about it on the podcast, so now it's a part of. Now it's a thing. It's like the way I take pictures of my prescription bottles before I throw it out in case I have to, I have to tell a doctor something. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've talked about this passage. And I've talked about it so much, and I haven't really like this. Has the dust of Watertown High School in it? Mm, this has the it tears. Smells like your ba- your parents' basement. Exactly. Uh, uh, it, it smells like the couch I peed all over. Um, <laughs> I've talked about this passage so long, and it's been so. I I don't know if it's real or not anymore. It's real. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you weren't you didn't ha- you didn't hauntify it like it was. I I won't spoil it. Uh, but this, well, it's kind of a spoiler. So this scene, so it's, I didn't even say it. It's just Jackie. It's called Her Private Years. It's by Edward Klein. It's a biography of um, Jackie Bouvier, Jackie Kennedy, oh. Onassis. Like, oh, private years, like bef- as in before JFK? It pretty yeah, much right. happens. It's, it's about her life after JFK. Oh. I won't get into other passages, but this is the one where she, it talks about the people she dated between JFK and Onassis, like Marlon Brando, hmm. who JF- her sexuality Jack- scared out of his her apartment. Ooh, Onassis, the Jackie O, the horny years? Jackie O, the horn. Jack- <laughs> horny Lorny on her horny journey. Um, <laughs> horny journey. Uh, this, and again, there's so many passages I've talked about. Later on in the book, it discusses how the the co-pilot of the plane that was taking her and Aristotle Onassis to their honeymoon destination, which is one of his islands, he walked in on them having sex with his, his eyelids had to be taped open with scotch tape because what? he was so old and had like a disease where he couldn't keep his eyes open. So this is a, I guess that sets up the scene that this is a very salacious novel. And Ooh. I don't, I don't know if, it should be regarded as the truth, you know, but this scene, this snippet I want to read is from uh, Jackie Kennedy saying goodbye to JFK's body before, before, (laughs) before it goes on its horny journey, (laughs) before it goes on its horny journey to its, uh, to uh, where's he buried? Arlington Arlington cemetery to join the bones of Robert E. Lee. Um, and it's toward the beginning of the book, so it's very it's not, early. A, not a spoiler. It's not. It's not a spoiler, but it. But it is. It'll Wait, spoil, Kennedy died? It'll spoil your appetite. I'm no spoilers. <laughs> uh, all right. So this, no. they lead her in. Um, this is from her, uh, supposedly from her words, and I'll read this page. Oh God, I can't wait. They kept trying to get a priest. There was a sheet over Jack. His foot was sticking out, whiter than the sheet. I took his foot and kissed it. Then I pulled back the sheet. His mouth was so beautiful. His eyes were open. They found his hand under the sheet, and I held his hand all the time the priest was saying, extreme unction. All right, that was her words. Now this is old Eddie Klein's words. He's getting sexy now. (laughs) There was blood everywhere, not only on Jackie's hair and gloves and skirt and stockings. Her panties were soaked with menstrual blood, too. She was covered in blood from head to foot. The heart-rending Latin words so familiar to her from her Catholic childhood, si capix ego te absolvo, staggered her. Jackie recalled, and she almost lost her balance. She felt that if she let go of Jack, she would collapse in their commingled blood. That's a good line. She was determined to hold on to Jack at all costs. She did not see how she could go on without a man in her life, she told White. 
Hold on, I'm getting I'm getting as hot under the collar as I was yeah. when I was a uh, 17 in my United Pot Samaker's <laughs> nightshirt here reading this. This is like straight up Joanna Lindsay. Like oh, this is like an, it's like historical fiction, but it's historical. What do you call that? Romance novel? Yeah. Smut. Historical smut. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new genre. Yeah, move over, Pride and Prejudice with Zombies. We have historical smut. Historical smut. Lincoln's uh, dick. <laughs> Yeah, but you, what's like a, all right, so you have uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer. Oh, you got your title, right? Abraham Linker. Oh, yeah. Linker. Butthole but, but Stinker. All right. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, to commingled blood. Abraham Linker, Butthole Stinker. Her own father was dead. Jack's father, Joe Kennedy, had been left speechless by a stroke. And could not protect her. Her brother-in-law, Bobby, was as devastated as she was by Jack's murder. There was no one left to look after her. And so, after the tube was withdrawn from the hole they had cut in Jack's trachea, and after the nurses removed the corset he had used for his bad back, and after they had gone out of the room, leaving her alone with Jack, she bent over the corpse and showered the body with kisses. She kissed his foot, his leg, his thigh, his chest, and his lips. I could not let go, Jack, he said. For a moment, her voice faltered, and as White waited for her to go on, he was aware of the flicker of lighting in the panes of the living room window. So apparently this is Jackie giving an interview about this. Then Jackie spoke again, but her voice was almost drowned out by the thunder that came in rolling, that came rolling in over Nantucket Sound. She ran her hand along her husband's body, Jack told White, and she found his penis and caressed it. Ooh, penis hug? She gave him a penis hug. Is that what you said? Because <laughs> she didn't, it wasn't salacious. She didn't like. A hug, not a tug. Suck it. Yeah, hugs, not tugs. Hugs, not tugs. That was the, sh- that was the unfitting shirt she wore to the funeral. <laughs> or at least that's the one well, I'm going to Photoshop. She got, I mean, uh, once very... she got off Air Force One, she went to the t-shirt shack and got hugs, not tugs. Let's Photoshop hugs, not tugs shirt on her and Jack Jr. giving the little salute to the casket. That also is draped with a hugs, not tugs flag. <laughs> that's uh, is too soon. Too soon for hugs, not tugs. Trademark. Is Jack's that already not been gone? Done? Has nobody got a nice hugs, not tugs? Because are, then we're the smartest Sounds people like in the a world. Mormon T-shirt, hugs not tugs. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, or a Christian side hug kind of thing. We all need to get um, chastity rings that say hugs not tugs. Yeah. <laughs> Although in chastity, tugs are totally Allowed. cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? right. Give a tug. It should be. Yeah. I guess. Or, yeah. Our tugs. They don't are, teach it. Our Lutheran's anti-tug. Tugs not, not, uh, not plugs. <laughs> tugs not plugs. <laughs> Weenstein in his in his in his stinky <laughs> castle over Weenstein. here. Well, you could plug them, you know. All right, so it's in the tomes. Now it goes in a bag, and some hobo is going to get Randy with it tonight under a bridge. <laughs> now I have a book that I've had since middle school. All right, good title. It's entitled Black Rage, okay? Uh-huh. Up until two days ago, I've never opened this book, but I've always kept it, <laughs> right? I've always kept it because, to me, it symbolized my, again, I keep saying things that I'm, uh, you don't want to admit because it shows how, uh, I guess, um, what's the word when you're an empty 
vessel. <laughs> shallow, right? Or not shallow, but yeah. what's the word? Like uh, this, this adorned my bookcase strictly because I felt it gave me street cred. Okay. I'm raged. No. I'm as raged as blacks. You know, like the title is Black Rage. Like I'm upset. I get over, you, man. I'm groovy. I'm upset over mistreatment. It's, I open this book. It's like your UPS shirt, trying to get a reaction. I want a reaction. Yeah. I want to talk about yeah. the the Black Power movement, right? <laughs> Except if someone goes, "Oh, Black Rage. What's it about?" <laughs> and thank God they didn't, because if you opened it up. This is a Grizzard style book mm. trying to um scaremongering about black rage. Yes, it's <laughs> trying to like phrenology why black people have so much rage. <laughs> oh no shit. Yes, the the quote so right at the beginning from Harry Van Horn is it says a book that is giving me the deepest insight into the mind and heart of the negro. Oh, nice. Oh, no. <laughs> so you got to keep that book. This is, to, looks yeah. like from the 70s. It's but. from 1968, which is, you, you think, like, that's late. That's late to have something. The first yeah. chapter is called Who's Angry? <laughs> oh, I know. I, I know who. The title <laughs> says. Oh, no. Henny, would you like to read the first? <laughs> the first. <laughs> yes, really. please. Oh, God. No. We got spice. <laughs> we got we got hard we got hard words right off the bat. Hard R's. Oh my god, this I need to make a game that says, is this a BR or, <laughs> or a, a LG? Because this I I'll take it this could be straight out of our friend Grizzard. Every yeah, other ethnic group has made it up the ladder on its own. Why don't oh, the blacks Jesus. do likewise? Oh god. They keep raving about their rights. Well, white people have rights too. This book has been on my shelf as a justification <laughs> since I was 13 <laughs> that I'm as raged. Yes. The, the thing was... I just read to you, the thing you I just read the... to you from the inside of the book is on, the, on cover. the cover. It's on the cover. I've never even read the cover of Fast Black Range. <laughs> you thought it was the blackest book possible, but it's the antithesis. It's like the whitest, <laughs> ra most racist book. Oh, my God. All right. I might have to keep it for the pod. It's small. It's a small book. You can just throw that in your pocket, walk around. But how crazy. Since you're moving down south. Never cracked it. Never, never cracked it. Elmer Brink. I know the guy who owned this book. Shut up. He I went to Lutheran Church of it. Our Redeemer. I won't say his name, spoiler, but he's not around. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Wow. Costing 25 cents this book. All right, I'll do. And an early grave. Uh, I, I hate to say this, guys. I got to read one more thing out this, and then I'll put it away. I'll probably keep it. Keep it. Because it's insane. Instead of, you know, how there's always a page that says, like, this book is dedicated Dedication. to? Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's play a game. Henning, Casey, <laughs> who do you think this book is dedicated to? Uh, the author. Uh, it's a double team. William H. Greer and Price M. Cobbs. They're both doctors. They're both MDs. Who did they dedicate uh, this book to? Doctors of what? Racism? Phrenology? I don't know what they're uh, dedicated to. They're Doctors Clear of Rage, which is the name of our hip hop band, H Bomb. <laughs> Doctors of Rage. <laughs> Doctors of Rage, yes. Um, well, it's not going to be their wives or children. No way. Fuck. 
Spoiler, I'll give you that. Not, no wiser children. And it's no one specific. I wouldn't say like, no, it's Donald Cobb, his brother. It's not that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. think thematically. It's a blanket. Uh, it's not going to be meditation. Hitler. No. Maybe the o- old Dixie. I think. <laughs> let me let me put a to let the me memory of the South. So think Southern. Let me see. I can give you a good hint here because I'm I'm onto something. What do uh super racist people do? Like who's Je- like Jeff Sessions? What do they mm-hmm. do externally to not to 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 not in their minds seem so racist? Have black friends. You're hot. Oh shit! As you're a. Hot. It's to his black friends. To to all right. of our black friends. You have no idea how close you guys got. Here's this book is dedicated to our intrepid black brothers. Hold on. Uh, Keep on keeping on. Oh Jesus. Yeah, jive turkeys. So he's so, gonna do jive talk and then just say, uh, "Why don't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Your grandmother was a slave." So, but what if I? Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe he goes. You only read the opening line. It's like, why hasn't? Why yeah. haven't black people pulled themselves up? I he just goes keep... on to explain because of systemic racism. You're right. I I just I just keep seeing the word Negro and it makes me nervous. <laughs> but that was, I guess, the the word used at the time. I mean, the alternative is, you know, the racist version the, of the Negro. First word uh, of the, the first line of the book. Let's decide. I'm opened it up to page one twelve. I'm going to read a paragraph, totally out of context, and that'll vindicate. <laughs> uh the whole conflict at the the whole conflict at this level between black and white carries strong overtones of filth and cleanliness for the child. Already, I don't what? like where this is going. Like, in, yeah. it sounds mind comfy. Yeah. Not too far removed from the time from his earliest years when such matters were fundamentally of fundamental concern to him. It easily gets mixed with the moral injunctions of a few years before when his parents humiliated him for being dirty and praised him for being clean, and now he is asked to be clean. Parentheses white even though he is black all the positive attributes including cleverness are associated with being good and clean and his parents urge him in that direction but they act as if they know he cannot be what they want him to be his blackness carries so many implications which he must learn all right so i think i don't ambiguous ambiguous and then it cuts to i don't want to drop it because i don't i'm gonna have to read this book (laughs) did i just get joy work that's either gonna make me by yourself it's either going to make me progressive or or regressive <laughs> regressive and we all know i don't need any more regression <laughs> i'm going to become like that that like puddle of ooze you know now i'll say i'll say i'll say why don't there's only one race that hasn't died Hans, get out that that bow bow tie. <laughs> it's made from <laughs> It's made from bones. All right. Uh, a black child was approached by a white child who rubbed his dark skin with her fingers and asked, but how do you ever get clean? That's a really like funny it. joke in like Blazing this. Saddles. I think even if this is, and I got it to research, by the way, when I read to our intrepid black brothers, I could be on the wrong end and one of the authors could be um, African-American or both. I don't know why not. Greer. Ooh, spicy. spicy. Why oh. couldn't it be Elmer J. Cobb? David Allen? Come on. <laughs> it's David Allen Sr. <laughs> no, is it David Allen Sr., Price Greer? 
We'll find. I'll research oh, it. His first name is Price, though. Because then I'll have that, to. Re- then I'll have to read it like uh, Men on Film. <laughs> Ooh, to my intrepid black brothers. <laughs> that commercial or that that sketches. You couldn't get away with it today. I don't know. What, yeah, you could. You, I think man's. so, right? What's Will that? and Grace is back on TV. You could do Men on Film. Henning has to joy work a men on film. It's a very stereotyped, like it's two gay film critics played by David Allen Greer and his, um, what is, what is, what is Damon Wayne's Athenian? I already said Athenian. Where is he from? <laughs> He's Greek. He's yeah. not Greek. <laughs> is he from Crete? <laughs> is he Cretan? No, we did research on the, the Wayans, right? Isn't he from? Uh, uh, yeah, it's Myanmar or something. Oh, Myanmar. Yeah. Or Albania or something. <laughs> the Albanian Wayans is. Um, I love that we we take this as true that it was from a really stoned Scottish guy that said it. And I just thought it was really funny. Oh God, um, where was it? Oh, Men on Men film. on Film. So it's a living a living color one. Yeah, it's in a living color sketch, which is like I think it can be perceived as insensitive now because they're super. But it's one of the funnier ones. Very it's funny. No but it's funnier than Butman's. It's much funnier, funnier than, than Handyman. Handyman spicy. Is it funnier than the homeless? They they lampoon all. They punch all the way down. Homosexuals, oh, yeah. handicapped people, homeless people. Remember, Myanmar's uh, homeless sketch where he, his big reveal was just that he <laughs> had poop in a jar. Oh, that pickle in the pickle jar. And everybody got that was always the conclusion of every one of those sketches. Was, was he grossed was, out the passerby uh, with a pickle in a jar of urine? Because it was poop and pee. That's what grossed everybody out. It was a turd in a jar full of pee. That's why it was yellow. I had to look up something for the blog to find a picture. Oh, because I was telling you guys about that guy who had the job in, um, it was in Africa, about cleaning out the sewers, right? And it was a very mm. uh, unsanitary job, and I couldn't find his picture. So I just looked up, like, I... Uh, like sewer cleaner and it was just a close-up picture of a guy like holding his poop out of a toilet and like that's my that's my simple head i was like that's the funniest thing i've seen in weeks so i had to save that picture and now i see that picture it's just some guy holding his own shit and that's the uh, Uh, there shouldn't be a pause after that guys you make me feel like i you're filling me with black ray dr (laughs) So just Jackie, I'll I'll, yeah, I'll put it aside. It. Maybe I'll have to read that Onassis bit about, about the, the eyes, eyes taped open. Yeah. Did yeah. I see? This is what hoarders do. They that justify piqued, reasons for keeping things. That piqued my curiosity. Which getting to it, or wait, should we? Um, we're gonna double it. We got to double up. But H bomb has a, has a little something for us. Hell yeah! This episode. And I have a, I have two things. One is an answer to your guys' question from a month ago. <laughs> I don't. Okay, you'll have to set up with the question. And then as well. one's a funny. Then one's just a segment based on conversations from the old podcast. So, from what old podcast? From our, our other old conversation. I'm just. I'm doing some house. I'm doing some housekeeping. I like. We're all doing housekeeping. I got a safe face. So, what do you say, Casey? Pin your second bit. 
Henning. Okay. The- I, I want to I, Henning and bring out uh, what, what was her name? Doctor Juice and the Fuzz. What did we just call herself? <laughs> Doctors oh. of Rage. Doctors of Doctors yeah. of Rage. <laughs> Which is fitting because my thing is I just did the research and figured out the rest because your rap is very will appeal to the millennials. I got the rest of the list of the businesses millennials are killing. Oh, nice. And we can recap it. And it gets, it's just as good. I'll say that. Well, hit us with it, Case. And then I want to hear why, what inspired H-Bomb's latest track. And then we're (laughs) going to have uh, apologies for the car pot, everyone. Not apologies. (laughs) No, there's some audio issues, but there's hot shit in there. But the cold tag is certainly... Like the cold tags, it's not my finest work, <laughs> but, uh, but the, it, it certainly will look even, uh, you know, when you put something shitty next to something great, it looks even shittier. It could, it, was it, the, it might was look the great. One. I, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry for nothing. Anyways, <laughs> I want to hear why H bomb giving before we close it, Saturday. uh, what inspired H bombs and then, and then we'll, we'll close this up with, uh, with a hot new track, hot new lick. Cool, hot new lick. Oh, and then for the next pod, though, we all have segments for the next pod. I love, I love, all right, we uh, have plenty. Okay, I love, I love having shit to bring to the table. Oh my god! But real quick, let me get this off my chest <laughs> <laughs> because it's fresh. I'm still in Ringo Bash mode. But okay, Ringo Starr was doing something uh-huh. in Las Vegas for a noble thing. He did something that I'll never forgive him for. I don't like seeing this. Don't do it. You're probably going to justify it to me. You're like, he's Ringo Starr. He's got to deal with this stuff all the time. He had a lovely interview with somebody. He was very nice Mm -hmm. and jovial. The other person was nice. And the guy at the end of the interview went to shake Ringo's hand. And instead of shaking his hand or giving him a fist bump even, Ringo offered him his elbow. Ew. Listed, right? Yeah. That's the shit. You feel shitty when somebody offers you an elbow. Like, I'll say it right now. When I was, when you and I, Case, were at the, um, uh, we went to a live tell them Steve Dave taping. Yeah. And, and I'm classic Midwestern. I, I'm full of germs. I don't care about passing germs. But on their podcast, you and I went to take a picture with Mm -hmm. the guys after the pod. They've talked multiple times about how they've gotten sick from Comic Cons, from shaking hands and shit. So they've Mm -hmm. just agreed and they've put it out there like, we love the fans, but we fist bump now. Like that's just what we do. That's and totally I even forgot fun. that when I went up there and I went to shake their hand and they went uh, and they gave a bump. And even in a little bit inside, I was like, "Oh, that I took it personal." Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, of course, I do the same thing. I was like, "You can't. You don't want to shake my fucking hand?" Yeah, right. I'm not filthy, but they set it up so once I yeah, can yeah, get yeah. out of my own ego, like that's kind of in the theme of this episode. I understand it, but yes. Ringo gives me an elbow. I punch that elbow as hard as I can. <laughs> that guy's not yeah, drumming I, ever again. I lick it just out of But spite. that's the thing when you, you that's your move. They give you the fist bump and then you just claps your germy hand over their entire <laughs> fist and uh, shake it. I can't tell you how many people oh, I've actually done that to though. Now that you say that because I go in for the shake and then there's the awkward moment and I just do that and maybe they're actually going for a fist bump for a reason. But, oh yeah, you gotta elbow, usurp that. Ringo elbow. Go or to the J on John Lennon's grave. <laughs> <laughs> Only holding you... the J with your elbows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's really he's... good with his elbows. He smokes out of a hookah. <laughs> what? 
what if what if I'm being spicy and Ringo Starr doesn't that. have any feelings from his elbows down? <laughs> yeah, he drummed. He rocked his he, all sensitivity time. out of his hands and arms. Or maybe he did a lot of for you know his, his fingers got to be worth a lot of money. That's true. I bet Lloyd's of London his hands are insured. Yeah, at least five mil each, ten mil total. Ringo's a joke. All right, sorry, that was mean. But like, you know what? No, He's, you get that when you get elbow when you start elbowing people. Because you're Ringo Starr, elbow. Just say I don't. I would rather have somebody say no. I'm sorry, I don't shake hands. Than say yes. Then give me an elbow. Because what? Because the onus is then on me to react to an elbow. What do you do? What do I get to kiss it? (laughs) Yeah, kiss my elbow. Well, that's the new jerk (laughs) practice: secret handshake. It's elbow kisses. Elbow to kiss. But who who does the elbow and who does the kiss? Well, it's like kissing the king's rings. I present my elbow, and you oh, definitely right. kiss the elbow. <laughs> Ringo doesn't. He, I would. I would feel like he's on a Harvey Weinstein level if he's like, <laughs> "No, don't shake hands, mate. Give me your elbow," and then he kisses your elbow <laughs> gently. <laughs> kisses it. He fits no, it he's in a his gentle. He's mouth. a Pride and Prejudice kisser. Just a nice softy. But that's the thing. Like he he didn't elbow some rando stranger because he's on the floor of the fucking Mandalay Bay, right? And he's getting accosted. Like he's doing an interview. I know you can totally like anise- you know, get the fucking handy wipes immediately after you touch that person. Once the camera goes down, you can Maybe take a fucking shower. Maybe that's what upset me is because I knew he knew that he was on camera, and he's just like in his own Ringo Star world where it's to- he he doesn't think twice about that. By the way, he's like. No. Why would anybody? He, I'm, I'm. Li- he's listed now, and I'm going to send him a copy of this, mm-hmm. and he des- owes an apology to that scumbag from Entertainment but Tonight that he elbowed. Don't do it because you're going to alienate us to his son, Martin Star. That's not really his son. <laughs> I know it's not. <laughs> I thought that for the longest time, <laughs> but that would mean he had him because they do share affects. No, come on. I. Th- I Ringo's wanted it to be bit. true. Ringo's an elbower. He's not a nerd. Bill, Ringo but Bill, is the though. Nerdiest mother- Ringo is pure. He lucked into a Beatles gig because oh, but he, some drummer he, slit his own throat. I don't know what happened. Something horrible. <laughs> right? Didn't, didn't he have like a brain tumor or something? Or no, he was just Ringo. bad. That's my favorite. Like the Beatles used, to, I mean. Pete Best. Pete Best was the drummer who they were just like. Pete Dude. Best wasn't the best. Uh, what an unfortunate name for a former Beatle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stuart Sutcliffe was the bass player who had got a brain tumor, who got who Dom hated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dom hated, Dom hated this guy because he was he like, yeah, look. no, I don't think you're going to be a Beatle. How about uh, what else starts with B? How about a brain tumor, Stuart? <laughs> He's just going through his Rolodex of B words. <laughs> If I can get people a uh, beetle, 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 uh, oh, brain tumor. Beetle. <laughs> oh, this is nice. I haven't given a good brain tumor in a while. <laughs> um, so I guess I took it down a note. But come on, Ringo. Come on. If he, all right, I'll give him one chance. He can either apologize for the elbow, or his next show he can only play with elbows. He can only <laughs> hold the microphone yep. with his elbows. Definitely. Only hit the yeah, snare with his elbows. And what if he's really good? That would be a then great we'll show. You become like a circus act. <laughs> I wish H Bomb had uh, saved some some vitriol for Ringo Starr. Had That's I known. track three. 
Yeah, you got time. But he did uh, have some choice words for Trump. And, of course. Uh, and Harvey Weinstein made the cut, too. Ween? Did he say Weinstein? Because no, I trademarked he, that. He went Weinstein. All right. Uh, it had to do with the rhyme scheme. Man. H-bomb, you can have Weinstein if you want it. Because it rhymes kind of with it. Dream Team. It rhymes. Weinstein but. Dream Team? The Weinstein Dream Team. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, all these people that were in cahoots with them <laughs> holding women down. I'm saying it here first. All jerking off into potted plants like fucking scumbags. Oh, filling condoms with glue and having fun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Can somebody write that idea down for uh, avant-garde artist, the same guy that throws pie, pies at toilets? He's the same <laughs> guy does. who's like, what is this art? And he just, you just, it's just a bunch of condoms full of glue hanging from the ceiling. I am surprised that hasn't been done in New York City. Just a condom full of glue and then just slung exactly. onto stuff so that it sets and you have this like jizzy looking condom frozen oh in time. Oh my God, that's brilliant. The condom sticks in it. Mm. Right. Cause you just fill it with like super glue or some crazy adhesive and you just slack it. Quick, go around the horn. What does the stencil say that's underneath all these glued condoms? Weinstein. <laughs> Weinstein. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like getting back to H-Bomb, Donald Dump, that great <laughs> just dump coil with a, <laughs> a blonde quaff that was down on uh, Canal oh, Street forever. The Weinstein oh, Dream Team. The simple's, the simples better. Weinstein, dream, Weinstein on top, Dream Team underneath. Mm-hmm. Henning, we're the next. That's our art collective. That's who's the name that of our art collective. We're the next Obeys. Fill it yeah. right, just directly with wheat paste. That's what they used to put up the posters and all. That yes, dries, wheat paste that dries nice and jizzy. Uh, yeah. Modge Podge. <laughs> Assemblage with Weinstein condos. <laughs> we'll be we'll finally be Assemblage artists. I might hit okay. Charleston up with some no, uh, Weinstein dream teams. But there, no see. Jerk, no jerk practice uh, branding. Put the guy embedded in the. <laughs> I found some jerk practice stickers. I'm going to hit champs up. These are for you to use. See, the the problem is now I'm moving to Charleston and I try one Weinstein dream team there. I'm fucking locked up, throw away the key. You know what I mean? You're the biggest guy in town. In New York, York, you can do it on a cop's badge and they're not going to do anything. (laughs) But in South Carolina, you're in trouble. (laughs) It's art. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just that's how cool people in New York are. Even the cops are like pretty creative. As he's eating a pie out of a toilet, these guys are the best. It's Tuesday, so it's blueberry. It's a tiny bowl-shaped toilet, like it's about the size of his hand. Wait a minute, that's our next gig. Who farted a gas mask and then holdable toilets that you can eat food out of? It's just like Dairy Queen when they had the promotion where you could get your favorite team's baseball hat full of a dollop of ice cream. (laughs) Get a little toilet, fill it with your favorite creams. Chili, <laughs> toilet bowl. Come on, all right. Toilet bowl, chili. <laughs> you, you, Why are you leaving us? No, you. Th- no, I'm leaving. So Do I you eat out I, of the bowl or out of the uh, toilet tank. Bowl, upper deck. The yeah, tank is full of sour cream. Nice and fixings, <laughs> guys. I put it on the podcast because that makes me do it. We're starting a vegan diner in Charleston. One of the offerings is going to be toilet bowl chili with creams in the tank. Cool. Is the whole thing? But you got to be able to sell them. Theme? It's going to be uh, a bread bowl toilet. <laughs> Are you committing to a whole theme of the the whole restaurant is now like gutter sketchy toilet themed? The whole restaurant's not. It's jerk practice themed. Ah, okay. 
and then frozen margarita urinals. Oh yeah. Now, uh, with cakes made of strawberries, strawberry cakes, Henning. What do you <laughs> want me to kiss cake. the elbow, King Henning? <laughs> Back in your castle. <laughs> strawberries are so expensive, and the shelf life is low. No, yeah. Henning can only affo- afford a fort. Only Where raisin afford, cakes. <laughs> <laughs> the only fruit we offer is raisins. Um, I put I put us all off cr- crazy track, crazy good stuff. H bomb. Got a uh, wild tr- Trump hair up his ass, an orange hair up his, blonde hair up his ass. All right, well, I think he was he was working on something for a long time. He was always going to do some kind of Trump, H bomb v Trump, but uh, Eminem kind of beat beat oh, him stepped to it. on it. But I heard that yeah. wasn't very good, and I've heard H bombs rap, and it's very good. Oh, he, he he he, thanks you. Uh, I think we're all in very. Uh, uh, multi-personality danger soon. <laughs> we're all in a lot of trouble. A lot of third-person talk. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a lot of people kissing our elbows, but that's what life's about. Well, you get, you guys can manage it. I can't. No, you got it. Probably. You got it, H-Bomb. It's friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, but so Eminem, did Eminem that spurn came it? Out with... With a battle rap versus Trump, and it went viral, and so that makes it. He had to do it this week, mm-hmm. so that's why, kind of a kick in the ass. So, should I beat us to it? Per- link that- it to at POTUS on Twitter, see if we get yes. a response. Dope, that's a good idea. I don't have a Twitter account. Oh. <laughs> I do. Yes, I don't want to be arrested. You won't be. He's probably not going to get it, and he's going to well, think it's pro him. If I include Henning's drawing of him as Harkonnen. Oh, yeah. Not a bad idea. We'll think about it. He's too busy throwing paper towels at slaves. Let's let's just at Mike Pence. Oh, Mike Pence. All <laughs> the right. man behind the man. Have we listed him yet? He hasn't really done He was born enough. listed. He is. He sucks, sure. A, embodied, like he, if, if. If a list, if a thin piece of paper as a list could put on a ill-fitting suit and just wisp around in the wind, that's Mike Pence. He is such a, speaking of empty vessel, he is such a fraudulent, like, toady. He's a toady. Do we oh, all know yeah, the yeah. term toady? Yes. That is Mike Pence because he is totally worth, like, he just doesn't have, he's not even making his own waves. Like, I feel like the reason he jumped on the Trump ticket was to get notoriety. And uh, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong here. I think maybe Mike Pence was as surprised as anybody else when Donald Trump was elected. All right. But yeah. you, you still have that mouthpiece now. Donald Trump. Mike Pence is the one person Donald Trump cannot fire. Right. Right. He cannot. He's going to fire everybody else. We've seen it happen. The pictures of him and his uh, staff are are slowly evaporating the same way Stalin's images were in, in Soviet right. Russia. Um, right. But so Mike Pence safe. can't get fired. So he's safe, and yet he still licks the boot. Total bootlick. Yeah, Mike, Mike Pence is safe until the election, because Trump could dump him for a new running mate. It's Trump, happened before. Trump will already do that. A lot of people have done that. It hasn't happened <clears> in uh, that. I, th- I can't think of the last time it's really happened. Uh, that somebody dumped a run. Oh, FDR did it. Like for I was going to say, it was FDR. Yeah. Um. 
so it was more of like a polit- but like Trump's going to do that anyways cuz he's going to want to like stir up the base. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Donald Trump is going to get like a uh I don't know, who's something who's something with a United Pot Somaker shirt that can that can bring some shock value to to to, mo- to show people that he's going to still shake up Washington. He'd most likely choose cuz I just read an article cuz Bannon's gone. Right. And that, I mean, he was quote unquote, you know, he was fired or quit, but it's mainly for him to go be untethered by the administration to go raise hell because I had read he's actively trying to unseat a bunch of Republicans. Yes. In the 2018 elections to people more in line with Trump. So I could see Trump getting one of his newbies in and then just picking that person. Right. Yeah. And and you know what I've heard is like statistically... It's more likely that he'll get reelected than not. Trumpy, just because what's the last time uh, out of the the presidents that are alive currently, two of them have not had uh, have only served one term. The majority yeah. have served double terms. It's Bush true. And Carter. Car- Carter and Bush. Yeah. So I don't know. And it, he's steering us in some weird directions too, and some weird like polarizing directions with the Iran stuff. If the, if the election was today, I think he would lose for sure. You it think depends so? on It depends on who the Democrats run. Yeah, that's if, true. If they run they some did. just dyed-in-the-wool, normal, like, toe-in-the-line Democrat, they're going to lose again. Guys, I'm I glad... I think if Hillary ran again, she would win, knowing what they know now. I, You know who I, I think... I still don't think so. I still do not think so. Do you know who I think legitimately should run? Not that I want Hillary Clinton to win. Right. A no, spicy no, to, be, to be run in 2020. I don't think that's a good idea. It's but good. I think. She's too busy tooting flutes and having fun on her sexy island. She's a Weinstein. You know that, right? That's why she lost. Casey she and I brought it out to the, to the public. <laughs> she lives next door to Harvey Weinstein on Long Island, though. No. They're neighbors. It's no, they're course. literally neighbors. Yeah. I mean, all those people rub elbows. You don't think she knew about that shit? Just saying. Is that too far? Because she, she's been yanking on dongs. We talked mm. about it since the election. She's a dong yank. Is that too spicy now? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's her other shirt. It just says 2020 Hillary Clinton's face. It just says dong yank. I think that could be perceived as insensitive. But you know what? I, I, on a serious note, do you know who I really want to think... I'm going to take it for a serious note, and then I'm going to toilet twist it. (laughs) Uh, Who I think should really run, who would be a wonderful president, who I haven't seen a lot of, and I get why, because they're just like, I'm fucking done with this country. Michelle Obama should run for president in 2020. Hmm. I think she'd be fucking awesome. And I think she's powerful, and maybe it's selfish of me, because maybe they're like, no, she shouldn't, because... It would be too like dynastic, too dynastic, but she could so easily, in my opinion, dominate Donald Trump like in any debate or campaign capacity. I think if they're brave enough, they should, because the only person that I can see now who could handle and get the timing of Trump, like in a debate who knows his shit, but could also go toe-to-toe with him in the like public discourse would be al franken oh yeah yeah i know it yeah and if his running mate was someone like elizabeth warren or tulsi gabbard of hawaii who are both progressive women 
that would be a ticket winning ticket in my mind. I would like to see a woman at the head of the ticket again. I just don't know if Elizabeth Warren, if there is a, a woman who has that notoriety or clout. You can buy Casey's new book, Female Rage. Spicy. <laughs> Lady, Lady uh, Rage. Warren uh, would be my ideal. Uh, but that, that was the, War, but, Warren would be? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. She's too she's stuffy, though. Up. I don't think she could beat Trump. Because they just they'd paint her just like they did Hillary. I feel I feel uh, that's interesting that you bring up Franken because Franken has the quote unquote celebrity factor that apparently people are yearning for. Obviously, as we see who's in the yeah. office right now, so there's that factor too. That's what I'm saying. He oh, but he's an SNL scummer. <laughs> he's going to be using yes. our podcast for his speeches the same way Trump uses Fox and Friends. <laughs> uh, my fellow Americans, <laughs> let me stop tooting my flute for a moment. I'm filled with black rage. Hey, we said that, Al. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, but also uh, getting back to ego and, and insanity. I had like an entire, like I almost ran my bike into traffic because I ride like an hour into the city. And I had like 40 minutes out of like, I, I played out an entire fantasy where I ran for president against Donald Trump as the like every man who's honest. And I'm like, and they're like, and then they use the podcast against me. They're like, look what you said about Myanmar. And I'd be like, <laughs> because I'm honest. And like, I had this whole fantasy in my head where I was like, you want to clean the swamp? I'm smell like a swamp. <laughs> like, like just be I am the swamp. <laughs> I'm a swamp person. Swamp. Oh man. That's how you appeal to the South. They love that show. Swamp people. Oh yeah. I'm no. one of you. I'm and, a swamp person. And like Trump's lock her up. My battle cry, I'll just have people fill shirt guns with glue and condoms and shoot them at the audience. <laughs> Stick it to him. Stick, Stick it, it to him. <laughs> just throwing condoms with glue at people. I think that could be a winning campaign, at least for oh. I'll investigate what it's like for maybe a city council. Oh, man. Because you can totally co-opt that Banksy street art of that kid. Instead of throwing a Molotov cocktail, he made it a like bouquet of flowers. We just do what he did, take the same picture, just a greasy condom. So he's just this kid launching. Greasy. That might even be a Stick good Stick it stand. to him. Stick greasy. it to him. With a Z? Of course with a Z, unless you think it's spicy. With three Zs, like it's sleepy. <laughs> greasy. Greasy. Because I'm do greasy. You say? Greasy like Sunday morning. Uh, we pin it. We hear what H bomb has to say, and we'll see everybody next week. The way things are going, Trump's going to be out of office before before next week. Before H bomb gets a chance to take him down. Ooh, you! I wish you were right, honey. <laughs> Just like uh, somebody threw a boot at George W. Bush, we should. Do you think they would stop us at the? I wish the, someone the, had thrown a shoe back at him. But what about a gluey condom for the paper rolls? Okay. Yeah. Right. That works too. Do you think? You no, get... no, no. It can't. You can't do glue. You got to fill it with lotion. Because glue... then it's not like it's not harmful. All right. Do you think the condom they... is the condom's edible and it's full of hand sanitizer? Are we gonna throw edible <laughs> panties at Trump? <laughs> yes. All right. I'm Stick down. it to him. Stick it. To so him. one of us throws. It, so they won't suspect anything if Henning, you go in first with a pair of edibles. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't get stopped now. You got to be wearing them. I go in with a lotion bottle. And Casey, you got glitter. I got glitter. <laughs> you got practiced. <laughs> or no, we have to say our closing line. We which will also to Leavenworth. <laughs> what are you in here for? I glittered Trump. <laughs> I threw, threw glitter at the Secret Service. <laughs> Uh, what do we close with? We're doomed. We're doomed. Yeah, that's what you have to say. We're doomed, and you throw a sweaty condom <laughs> at his eyeballs. <laughs> uh. oh, Pin sure. it. Yeah. Pin it to him. Pin it to him. Pin it to him. Pin it to him. <laughs> Gluey cons. Gluey cons. I enjoy H bomb. See you next time. <laughs> Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Uh, it's uh, what kind of piece do I mean, and uh, what kind of piece do we have? It's uh, Pax Episodicana, episode 66, that was, uh, you know, uh, I gotta tell you, uh, that episode was uh, so good, it was almost as good as uh, getting a hand job. <laughs> hand job, I don't know where that switched, all right. That went to Maine. That went dirty, South Parkian, uh, Mainey, uh, Stephen King accent. Let me get, try and regain my Kennedy. Uh, uh, what kind of piece do I mean, and what kind of piece do we have? No, what is that? Damn it! Damn it! All right. Uh, let me see. What's what's the famous shit that Kennedy says? Usually, I have a Henning and a Casey on each side of me. Uh, ask not what. You- Ask not what you can do for your country, but ask what you can do. <laughs> what? Oh, boy, this is, boy, this has got to be kept because this just shows you. I mean, we all know how much of a sack of wheat with skin I am, but this really exemplifies it. Um, ask, not what, ask not what you can do for your country, but what your country can do for you. And I think that's opposite, and I already don't even remember what I said, if I said it right or if I said it wrong. Ask not if uh, Jackie can give you a handy after you get an old shorty to the head, or or ask if if you can uh, ask if she'll suck one of your toes. You know. All right, all right. I think that's quite enough. Um, if you liked everything before this, don't judge before based on this. Just don't. Uh, go ahead and listen to more episodes. Uh, download the podcast. Rate review. Check out our Facebook page. It's Facebook um, uh, slash jerkpracticepod.com. We also have a blog at jerkpractice.com. And we also have another episode of Night Court. Ask not what your night can do for you, but what your court can do for the night. That wasn't that wasn't bad. Uh, have a good night, Court. Also on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And that's about it. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. But you know who can do something about it. H-bombs! H-bombs! This is uh, H-Bomb versus DT, the leader of the free world. Let's go. Yeah. Uh It's been almost a year since we elected this dimwit, lost our mind and stepped right in a steaming pile of dog shit. You put the shame to our name with every goddamn tweet, twit, then make a game of being mad what Colin does off his feet. Quit. Admit you're not fit. You're not competent to be leader. The job's so big and you've got such a tiny little hands. A real president's not scared of Mideast religion. Not scared of immigrants or a little derision. Nor women. Nor an ethics committee decision. He speaks with precision and has positive vision. 
Won't turn the entire nation into a highway collision Then brag brash about how high rated the car crash is on reality television A real president doesn't hide behind walls We should've elected Hillary, at least she has balls Get out of the kitchen Oh, you wanna get a few licks in? Alright, cool What? Oh, this Yeah, this is real funny Just like from your first day with Spicy, nothing to say nicely and we can't trust a word. Every speech is like swamp gas off a gold-encrusted turd. Look under the tube poop and we find the brain is actually poop soup. Like Fox News casting from inside the chicken coop, you're too dangerous to be left unsupervised. So adult daycare was arranged and looping you in, not advised. I surmise the lies dropping from your backside make you pathological. And alright, I realize my rhymes are a bit scatological. You accomplish nothing, just like your whining online did. You pathetic old man grabbing peas like Weinstein did. You're morally broke, Don. Your legacy is a joke, Don. As soon as you're out, it's up in smoke. Gone. Gone like the memory of a bad dream after some bad booze. Gone like a fart in a hurricane you went and tapped snooze. Gone after the shame of scraping the shit off our sad shoes. Gone, but we'll still be scrubbing the White House clean in hazmat suits. Fuck you, Don. Get gone.